Hi, and welcome to Talking With Cancer. I'm Katie. And I'm Claire. Thanks for joining us today. So grab a coffee or a tea. In your favourite mug. Let's get settled down and begin this week's conversation. Good morning. Hiya, Claire. How are you doing? Hiya. Hi, darling. Yeah, not bad. Doing okay. Got my cup of tea. Yeah, I got mine. Double double tea bag. Chai and double tea bag. That's chai and breakfast one. tea. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Tea alchemy in the morning. How are you, my friend? I feel like it's been a while since we've we've spoken. It feels like ages, Claire. It's probably it only like been ages. like about like a week and a bit. I know, but I guess lots happened. Yeah, it's been a really yeah. it has in some ways it's been a really big week like a lot's happened since I spoke to you you're just gonna have to remind me where you're up to because I can never remember sorry I think that when we last spoke you were going for a scan you were going to go for a scan and get tests back get tests back and you were seeing Professor Popat and I think that's where we left it you had a scan coming up to know whether or not your treatment was working so I think that's where we yeah so that was the first scan that I was having since being on the treatment and I was sort of like close to the end of the second cycle, which was almost yeah. eight weeks in. And yeah. I went to have a CT scan as opposed to a PET CT scan. So the CT mm-hmm. scan is where they just put a dye in you as opposed to a radioactive dye. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's all mercies. <laughs> and, um, you know, it was weird because I thought I would... Look, going for me, going like sliding through a noisy machine and lying still, that's a really non invasive procedure. Yeah. It doesn't you know, it doesn't feel like very much, even though it's kind of major, they're like they're yeah. Yeah. and I always wonder what, what are they thinking? Like, you know, they don't when, you... when they're seeing things pop up on the screen and they're in a room behind you or in their yeah, lead vests and all of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They're literally like you know, in my world it's like they're in the gallery. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're watching the performance. Yes, they're the watching gallery. the screening. They're watching the screening. They're yeah. taking notes. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know their reaction at all. Yeah. What was really weird this time, it was that, so they, they do the pictures and that's like 10 minutes. And then, so they before you go in, they put the cannula in you. And then you go in, they do the pictures with no dye. And then they come and they kind of squeeze some dye into you. And the, the guy said to me, the nurse said, you might feel a sensation like you're going to the toilet, front bottom, I might add. And I was like, really? You know, now I'm so like, I know what I'm doing. I'm like, well, I've never, I didn't have that before. So I probably, I probably won't have that actually. And he puts the dye in and literally I feel like I'm wetting myself. No, really? It is the weirdest feeling. Like, 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 without being too graphic, like, but like the the the, the sort of the flush of warmth, sort of like feel like I'm going to the loo, or the kind of like liquidy bit, or the flush of warmth. Exactly that, yeah. Claire. Yeah. Exactly that. It's so <laughs> weird. So, did you check? Did you look down and be like, oh. uh, I was like, because then it takes a few seconds. And I was like, oh my god, that is happening. <laughs> oh my god, and it you keeps happening right. as well. It's not just like a little dribble; it's like a full flow. So, so do you have that when you're in the when you're lying in the machine? Yeah, you yeah. feel that. Okay. Yeah. And I was like, oh my god, that's so weird. I was like, why does it do that? And he's obviously mm. like, just 
can you just shut up? So just shut up. Get... You're ruining the pictures. <laughs> and then he like he goes, and it was yeah. So that that's really interesting, and I think it. I think essentially it's like a warm sensation. It's kind mm. of really what's happening, or it's like that doing something to your muscles. I mean, essentially what's happening is dye is moving. It's all going. Around it's your flowing body. all around you. Yeah. yeah. So I had that, and then I went and had my bloods, and I'm kind of getting to know the nurses now. So like. One of the nurses, I could tell by her accent that she was Turkish. So she was Do just... a bit of Turkish chat. Yeah. Merhaba. Merhaba. Yeah. Very Merhaba. good, Claire. And she was just really sweet. She was telling me all about her love life. She was hysterical. And I'd also had a chat with another nurse about her love life a few weeks before. And I said to her, is there like a theme with you nurses and like very complicated love lives? And she was like... Probably, yeah, because we spend all our time looking after other people. Looking like, after we other don't people. really know how to kind of look after ourselves in relationships. Yeah, and she was like, really this guy that it? I'm in love with, he treats me so bad, but I love him and I can't help myself. And, you know, and I was like, can you just drop him? He sounds terrible. Like, we're having this proper natter. I love this. You're like the love ca- the love ca- the love counsellor. <laughs> it was quite funny. Sort of the es- Esther Perel of the waiting room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I had the bloods and then, you know, it's really amazing, like what they have on their system. You know, they've got they've got a file and it's got everything about about me. You know, it's amazing. They've lo- they log everything. So anyway, then left and that was it. And I knew I had to wait until you know three or four days later to sit down with with Pop Out and go through the results. And and how were those couple of days? Because I know the waiting in between, like getting diagnostics back and test results back has always been a strange a really difficult time as it would be but how did you feel about it this time around I was really occupying myself and I think I was being a little bit manic to distract myself it kind of took me a few days to realize and I I was definitely like overdoing it you know I was like in the garden spending like hours gardening and I think like yeah and, and also I think also like the day of getting the results like a lot was hanging on that not just for me but for everyone around me and so there's all that build up but then I think underneath that feeling of anxiety and trying to distract myself was kind of a a feeling that like whatever whatever the outcome like I know that I'm gonna have cancer at the end of the day I know that Mm. that that's there and it's a funny, it's a really, it's a really strange thing because, you know, obviously I know the treatment's working. I can yeah. feel it. And I've known that from the beginning. But what I also know is like, they're not going to tell me it's gone. And yeah. They may never tell me it's gone. So mm. it's like, it's trying to get my head around that. I mean, that really became apparent when I went for the appointment with him. Yeah. So when I went there on the Monday, I was down to have my bloods done again. And I was like, I just did have them all done on Thursday. Should I do them again? And again, there I go into management admin mode. Mm -mm -mm. Because I was like, yeah, I think you need to do all the bloods. Don't do the thyroid blood. Yeah, don't do that. And then like, after we do the bloods, I need to have my ECG. And they were like, no, you don't need an ECG today. And I was like, look, I didn't moisturize. I need an ECG. And they were like you don't need one you don't need one and they don't like doing ECGs because not they don't like that's I don't know if they like them or not but like the ECG machine is very temperamental really yeah so like 
if there's any other electric items like plugged in around it Mm. a bit like having to put your phone on airplane mode or whatever so you don't disrupt the planes i don't know landing yeah no nothing to disrupt it so it is quite a temperamental machine Anyway, I insisted on the ECG because I know my heart's been playing up yeah, and I know that they have to look at that. So again, another lesson in kind of just... Self-advocating. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So meeting Pop-Up was, I don't know, there's, there's like, it's weird with me. It's very strange. I don't know what it's about, but there's a slight performance element going on when I walk into his... Do you understand yeah, that? Yeah, totally... I don't know it's best foot forward isn't it and also sort of like I'm fine this is okay I can handle anything you can tell me it's all right and yeah I don't know I've I've heard something where I sort of dress up for appointments it's really interesting that you relate to that because I don't really understand what's going on with me like there's a sense of you know I hold him in really high regard and I want him to like me and enjoy his experience with with me and take you seriously and know that you're an equal, but know that like he can share proper details with you, that you will be able to absorb information, I think. And also think the performative element anyway, definitely in the dressing, because I know through appointments that I've been to, the worse it is, the better you have to feel. So it's this sort of, you know, not that I go in a ball gown, but like, you know, I wouldn't. Yeah, well, I don't know. I it's a funny one. What's wrong with that? Yeah, what's wrong with that? <laughs> I mean, that's really interesting because, again, there's a psychology there that I just I didn't know was shared, and I wonder, I wonder yeah. if that is something people do because, you know, I like kind of felt myself. Yeah, I felt like this almost like this alter ego with him, and I think also there's this feeling of like I've got a limited time with him. Yeah. Like, is I it wanted- being a good patient? Do you think? Like being something about being a good patient, like I don't know. Could be. I I really I really don't know, but I was just very aware that I was, you know, I was there was something going on with that and and, and I couldn't really understand it. And I think also like there was a bit of stress going on because Dinch was was on his way, but he'd had to take his daughter to school in the morning, so he was running late and you know, he was obviously feeling a lot of stress and pressure and he was like, I'm on Mm. my way, I'm on my way and you know there's all that kind of angst yeah, 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 yeah. You know, that's going on and all this real it. life stuff that has to be coordinated around the big life stuff as well yeah. exactly yeah. and I know like yeah it's just it's just normal life yeah. you know there's traffic and he's running yeah. late and yeah. but it kind of adds another like more Layer layers of what we're already going through so anyway I said look my husband's late can we he said well that's fine I said should we talk about my heart while we're waiting for him yeah <laughs> little sidebar yeah and he, you know, he's very aware that, that like, the ontrectinib is affecting my heart and it's something mm. that they need to really consider, like, and they really need to work on. And I've mentioned I'm taking this candesartan and actually it's kind of, it's strengthening my heart, but it's weakening my blood pressure and they've got to get that balance right and, like, lowering blood pressure giving me like giving me a faint dizzy head you know like I so yeah so there's there's all of that that he's also trying to manage along Mm. with my cardiologist Dr Alex Lyon so there's that going on and then Dinch Dinch arrived and a little bit flustered and basically you know Pop-Up was like listen it's I'm pleased with the progress you know it's it's good news like I'm having a look at your scan here are the results he said I haven't got the report to share with you 
Mm. Um, the report's not come in yet, but I've got the pictures. Now, when I last had a scan before I started the treatment, I had the PET CT. And you could see everything, is, couldn't you? Yeah, it all lit up. Yeah. It all lit up. So all the orange was like the cancer, basically. But this time, without the PET, it's, it's, so it's not like for like. Right? You can't see it as clearly. Yeah. 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 But, you know, he would show, he showed me like a picture of my lung before, you know, and it had a lot of kind of fuzzy in it. He said there was a lot there. And it's like what they call residual cancer as well. And it was like residual cancer coming from the the cancer in the lymph nodes around my lung. And this, like now, it's much clearer and there are a few specks. You know, and then he's kind of hovering the mouse over like some other lumps, like in my neck. And he's like, look at it there, you know, before and after. And you could definitely see, like you could definitely see a difference. I mean, without a doubt. And that was... And how does that feel to see it? Like, see it visually like that? Like, see these bits of your body and see that it's, you know, that the medication's it's, working I as feel, opposed to just feel it? I feel very detached from it. Yeah. Yeah, I feel very detached from it. And I think, like, you know, something struck me. I'm, I'm trying to think when, you know, actually I was doing a yoga class and I was lying down at the end of the yoga. I mean, my yoga practice now compared to before is just, it's like the child's pose the whole time. I'm literally like, ah. Restorative is the way to go. Just give your body rest. Yeah, rest and, yeah. But I was lying there at the end and I was thinking, what's my relationship with my body at the moment? So it's making me feel really emotional because it's like, body's not really, it's a really weird feeling. It's like, it's not really helping me out I mean it is and it isn't it's like and that's the thing like I'm trying to realize like how amazing my body is in the sense that it's like fighting this cancer and it's responding to the treatment and yet yeah it's a not wholly good and not wholly bad and that's what's really hard about this is you're having to exist with both of these dualities in some senses it's responding so well to the medication and you know and, and you're seeing the progress and you're seeing things reduce but you're also aware that things have changed hugely. It's like everything's changed, nothing's changed. But you're having to hold that all in one place, all inside, which is so, it must be so hard. I think it's all of those things, but I think it's a very, like, I think we all have a very strange relationship with our bodies. Yeah. Or, or not strange, but, like, it's not linear, is it? No, and like I think it, it changes over your life as well. It changes all the time, and, like, when your body does what you want it to do it's like go body you know that's yeah, go great body. well we're an done awesome You're... unit Woo, team. Yeah. yeah yeah exactly you feel like a real trooper yeah and then when it doesn't do what you want it to do it's like what's going on you yeah. know especially when I look after myself you know yeah I pretty yeah. much I pretty well do I don't know maybe it's the same for people who aren't so conscious of what they put in their bodies but yeah it's a really hard one when you're ill, I think your body becomes this separate thing to kind of like when it's all working, the mind and body feel united. But then when something goes wrong, it's sort of like your head's here and you're observing your body being, you're observing your body being ill. And like, why wouldn't you do what I want? Like be, like be well, like, and it's sort of trying to make the connection between, I guess, your head, your willpower, your feelings and what your body's doing. They sort of end up feeling quite separate. I've always thought of, body is like a factory you know it's making things all the time every second of the day it's a busy 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 factory yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. and then things go wrong you know it's the wrong size biscuit like 
door yeah. like this yeah. press packet doesn't close like yeah, the tin yeah, is yeah. just like a little bit wonky yeah the travelator on floor six is broken yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and you know that's what happens when people get ill you know the factory is just and that's how I've always thought of it but I also it's also fascinating it is fascinating like when and why the body doesn't work in the way it's meant to and yeah you know is that like is that what we put in it is that our culture you know how much of that population and you know it's it's really it's really interesting I'm reading an interesting book well like you know I don't read it so I'm listening to it it's an audio call it reading it's the same thing I'm listening to an interesting book yeah called cured by Dr Jeff Rediger this book cured by Dr Jeff Rediger 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 Dr Jeff Dr Jeff it's again it's on this theme of like how different people respond to chronic illness why people get illnesses he's very much about the context of where someone is in their life and why diseases come in Mm. and that could be a context of that individual had no self-belief that individual did not communicate that individual ha- kept having bad relationships like he's interested in that hmm. but he's interested in as well like not manifestation what's the word i'm looking for um intention so when someone gets ill what intention do they have to overcome that illness mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and ha- what's going on in their life parallel to how yeah. that illness is playing out and then why do some people have what's called spontaneous remission? Yeah. Have you heard of that? Spontaneous no, remission? but they just but it sounds like they just get better all of a sudden overnight. They just quickly, get better. Boom. And well. it's like, you know, and you know, the kind of there's there's lots of ex, there's lots of different viewpoints as to, around spontaneous remission. You know, if you're of the woo-woo uber uber spectrum, mm. then you're gonna say the universe just made them better. And yeah. you know, spiritually, they were just like really connected, and it just yeah. Happened. Spiritually, they clean themselves out fast. Super track highway to healing. Yeah, yeah. Really. you know, if you think yeah. it, it will happen. Well, yeah. no, sorry, yeah. no. Yeah, no. Then you've got you know the medical world who and people like Dr. Jeff who understand that there are certain things that go on in the body that can kind of encourage and and create healing. And one thing I discovered when I was going through IVF was um, I haven't actually talked about this, but like I did, I did get pregnant quite briefly. God, that's really weird putting that out there. After that happened, like I, I miscarried. It was about six and a half weeks in. I then sort of sought the support of kind of like less western slightly more alternative not approach I wasn't I was definitely like I didn't think I was going to get pregnant by you know like waving a feather over yeah, me or yeah, something yeah, yeah. but I came across this woman and she said look I think there's lots of different tests that you need to go for before we kind of move forward anyway one of them was a test to see if I had what's called natural mm. killer cells and I'd never heard of that before have you mm. yeah well only only through our IVF chats I've heard of it but yeah Right, so basically what possibly happened with the miscarriage was that these natural killer cells bought the embryo out of Mm. my body. That's possible. 
Often miscarriages happen because the embryo is abnormal. Um, but it was one possible theory. And, and, and what Dr. Jeff says is that the body can produce natural killer cells that can fight things out your body, mm. such as tumours. Yeah. And that that is what can lead to a spontaneous remission. Wow. And so that, to me, was quite interesting. So I was like, okay, I had these natural killer cells. If that was what caused the miscarriage, then that was bad. But if there is something there that could fight the cancer, then that is good. Those are good, yeah. Maybe good, maybe bad. Maybe bad, (laughs) yeah. Right? Wow. So, you know, it's really interesting to kind of be listening to this book and listening to certain stories. So, you know, there's one example of this young guy who was you know, facing the end of his life with cancer and he had one more wish, you know, one thing he wanted to do before he died. He wanted to Mm -hmm. marry his girlfriend and he married her and he was kind of like expected to die within weeks and the next, his cancer all went. Wow. And again, there we could say, oh my God, he got married and he did what he wanted to do. And like, maybe there is something going on with that, but ultimately, you know, what medically happened was that like these natural killer cells came there's lots and lots of stories of spontaneous remission remission lots and that's really fascinating to me obviously to be told that I probably won't be cured from the cancer that I have and yet to hold on to these stories yeah that share circumstances where other people have been told that and that's not been the outcome But you don't know everything that's in your factory. You don't know what's behind door number nine on the eighth floor. There could be a whole little buzzing room of natural killer cells and you just have to find the door and unlock them and say, lads, come on down, we need you. And that's what I wonder, Claire. That is what I wonder and that's the hope and that's the optimism and that's the positivity I hold. Because, you know, despite being able to have asked these difficult questions finally, I still haven't really been told anything firm. I think... You know, again, I'm sort of guessing here, but, you know, that's because there isn't another me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so they can't tell me for sure. They're not going to, they don't, they don't know. Yeah, they don't, they just don't know. Yeah. Beautifully unique, as they they said. Beautifully unusual. Beautifully, okay, sorry, I paraphrased badly. Beautifully unusual. No, no, because Dinch is unique but not special. Yes, yeah, just Dinch is unique but not special. (laughs) You are beautifully unusual. But it's interesting. Sorry. No, 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 I was just going to say about, like, and without getting too woo-woo and wishy-washy, like, telling that story about the guy getting married, and I often think that, like, it's that whole kind of thing people bang on about living in alignment. Like, what is that to live in alignment with your with your values and what you want to do. And I and I wonder if, if you do end up living in alignment or you prioritise self above all or you prioritise pleasure or, or you prioritise j- simply joy, your own joy in life, whether systematically in your body or energetically, that does shift stress. That does stop, make, means energy in your body can flow around correctly, that like you give your overstressed gut a break, that you stop getting anxiety and it allows, it, it allows I don't know, a surge of healing to take to take place. Like that is pure posturing based on no science. But I do wonder, like, you know, if if that if that plays a if that plays a part. Like if Well stress, know. you see, you know, your there are like hormones that get released with different feelings that you have, which is yeah. why, you know, like endorphins, like that rush of pleasure is a good thing and it's good for your serotonin and it's good for your you know, whereas 
I think it's cortisol, cortisol stress, which yeah. gets released with stress, is bad for your body and yeah. it's bad for you. So definitely, you know, and that's why, you know, we've talked a bit about self-care and, you know, and all the different kind of elements that that's become. But there's a lot behind that. You yeah. know, there's a yeah, lot. why it's important for your, for your body. It's not just like, I don't know, it's not an indulgence. It's vital to take care of your, your body in this way. Yeah. Wherever you are in life. Yeah. You know, one thing that, I really think people don't talk enough about when they talk about self-care is going to the doctor. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Like, yeah, quite right. Yeah, get stuff sorted out. Because yeah. people always say to me, oh, you're so good at self-care. And I'm like, I thought about it and I thought, hmm, interesting. I didn't take myself to the doctor when I should have. You know, yeah. what is like, so like just throw it in there with the bath and the with salt, the bath, the salt the and the candle, go yeah. to the doctor. Go to the doctor. If you're a woman, get your smear tests done. If you're a man, get your prostate checked out. You know, all of these things that you need to do. 100%. Check your, check your boobs, all of that. Well, we don't do, because I think as, as well, like, you have a slightly disassociated thing from, not you, we can have a, a, a disassociated thing from our body. We'll presume that we're fine or not have enough understanding to know when things, when something in the factory is maybe going a bit wonky. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So... So my meeting with Popat was basically he said to me, I'm going to reduce your dose of entrectinib. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Mm. He said, I'm going to take it down from 600 to 400. And he said, and you're probably going to freak out about that. I'm really, really confident it's still going to work. Now, we've talked before, like, there is a shelf life for entrectinib mm -hmm. like it's yeah. not going to be my drug of choice yeah. forever because it kind of like plateaus so yeah. it works really really well at the beginning and then it just seems to go all oh, right yeah done my yeah, job done my job yeah yeah so and, and is he taking it down because it, it's working and you don't need to be on such a higher dose or is he taking it down because of he wants to just like like help your heart out as well because yeah. of the heart because yeah. of the heart okay. So he, yeah, he, want, he wants to kind of just relieve the heart of the stress that it's under because of the entrectinib. Mm. So um, the thing, I think as well, what he's quite confident about is like, I don't know, there's something about the fact that like I get some side effects from the, from the entrectinib, which may also be an indication that like to bring it down might just balance things out. I don't know, yeah. maybe that's just yeah. my interpretation. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So... In my mind, I was like, it's okay, it's fine, like, it's still going to work just as much, you know, as it would if I was on the 600. Mm. So, yeah, so he's he's lowered the dose as of that day that I saw him, which was Monday. So, essentially, yeah, so it was just like the last day of my second cycle, I, I lowered the dose, and then I moved into my third cycle. So, third cycle on two, Entraxanib. Yeah. And then the next day, I got sent the report. Yeah, oh, so wow. I've actually got the report. So I was going to read it. Yes, I was going to just start, literally ask you, do you want to read some out? Yeah, okay. So findings. Allowing for difference in modalities, there has been a favourable response, but within the limits of stable disease. Compared with the PET-CT of 18th March 2022 and MRI neck of 21 February. So sorry, so that's basically saying that I had two PET-CT scans mm -hmm. before the slightly heterogeneous genius 
I didn't say that right. No, heterogeneous. The slightly heterogeneous thyroid has reduced in size. The bilateral malignant neck nodes have reduced in size. For example, a left digastric node has shrunk from 17 millimetres to 13 millimetres and a right level three node from 18 millimetres to 14 millimetres. The mediastinal and bilateral hylonodal mystases have improved slightly. For example, a left pretracreal node has shrunk from 30 millimetres. That feels like it was pretty well, big. To 23 millimetres. A shallow, non-specific pericardial effusion is unchanged. That's my heart. That's the inflamed membrane around okay. my heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bilateral lymphangitis has improved slightly. The upper abdominal nodes are within normal limits on CT. There is no CT detectable site of disease below the diaphragm or in the skeleton. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> Amazing, right? Well done, um, buddy. Opinion. Yeah. Favourable response in the neck and chest compared with the baseline imaging, but within the limits of stable disease. So basically, I sent that to Dinch, who's a brilliant mathematician, mm. and he... So he's giving you a percentage or something? Pretty much, I yeah. Love so I love it. He pretty much, I mean, he's, he's, he's so good. So he said to me, basically, it's almost reached a shrinkage of 25%. Hey. So the disease has... As Popat said, the disease is under control, right? That's Those were his words. So basically, it's almost 25%. Now, what that means where it says that it's in the limits of stable disease, mm. so Dinch explained, a complete response is the disappearance of all target lesions, and a partial response is defined as at least 30% decrease in the sum of the target lesions. Mm-hmm. Stable disease is defined as the criteria neither for progressive disease nor for partial response. Okay. So it's not growing. It's not but growing, it's not but it's not going away. By 30%. It's not percent Yeah, fine. But you're at 25%. Around 25%. Okay. So those measurements for me were quite interesting because, like, obviously I'd never known before what, what size they were? What Did you know? You were. just knew they were there. Yeah. yeah. So I know, like, I talked about one. Oh, sorry. I'm just trying to find it again. To me, like the 30 millimeter. So I think that, yeah, I think that was something around my neck, uh, or maybe, maybe further down. I'm not sure, but from 30 millimeters to 23. So, like, 30. Three centimetres. Three centimetres is, is quite, it's quite big, it's substantial, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like, what, an almond? A yeah. Wom- a walnut, something like that. So, yeah, anyway, yeah. pretty mega. But I think all in all, if I'm really honest, as I said before, the backdrop is that I have cancer. And that was a really hard thing just to kind of take away and realise, like, I haven't accepted it. I think that's the thing that I realised. So I was almost a little bit numb. Like, you know, maybe that's what the performance was about. I was just putting on a mask to kind of, like, to feel something because I just, I didn't actually 
feel something. Like I didn't go in with butterflies in my stomach. Yeah. There was a tiny, tiny moment where I thought, what if it's appeared somewhere else? Like, what if that's the news I'm going to get? You know, and that, that would have just destroyed me. But I didn't think that was likely. I just didn't feel like that was likely. So I can't, I can't say. And then again, you know, it's the thing that takes me back to what it was like at, at the beginning of, like, around my diagnosis, which is, like, a lot of people in my life are waiting for this news as well. Yeah. And there's this sort of expectation from them and this sort of pressure that I feel to share the news with them and then have to deal with their response. Yeah. And it's yeah. always and like their response has been, That's amazing, Kay. That's amazing. And I'm quietly thinking, Is it? But I've still got cancer. Yeah. yeah. And you know, again, it's like I totally get that that they mm. that they see it like that. Completely get it. Yeah, that's just the reality and I think like you know then Dinch and I left the appointment and he couldn't find his parking ticket and like you know it was all like and we real were, life resumes real life yeah. resumes and we were both just just kind of at each other and he yeah. you know it was quite interesting like we talked a bit before about like well we, we talk a lot about relationships and how they're impacted but I said to him like see he was holding back he was angry but he was holding back like shouting at me yeah and us getting into an argument and I said, you know what? You can't always treat me like the ill person. Yeah. You know, you're a human too. Like, get angry with me. Do yeah. that. Yeah. Because, like, you know, that's a normal part of our relationship. We can have arguments and that's okay. And I know he doesn't want to put stress on me. Yeah. Like, I know that's part of it. So I think that's another, you know, another interesting thing that we kind of went through around that whole experience, which is like, you know... It's all like nudgy, nudgy, but actually, like, let's just have it out. Yeah, let's just have a bloody, let's have a row. Like, you, you feel your rage, I can, I feel my rage, and we can just like shift out of this like numbness and anger somehow together. Yeah, yeah. because because also like it's like you know just just finding that normal kind of vibration between us, that normal yeah. Yeah. relationship. So that kind of was interesting that that came up and then I got a call a few days later from Dr Newbold's secretary and she mm. said Dr Newbold's going to discuss you in her MDT in the morning and I was multidisciplinary like, team meeting go Claire yes yeah and I was like yay I'm being talked about in the MDT again it's yeah. been ages since that happened <laughs> and so what did they discuss at the so, MDT so at the MDT, I think they were looking at my scan results and what was going to be next. And she got on a call with me. And again, what was really nice was I could see her whole face because we did a video call. Oh. And she she kind of sort of was explaining like, this is what, you know, this is what the scan results show. And she said, what's really positive is that a lot of the lymph nodes are no longer kind of either attached to or close to your blood vessels. And that that's what would have made surgery very complicated before. You know, okay. I mean, Doc, Mr. Stimpson, who I spoke to last week, he he wouldn't have operated on me. I mean, due to his experience and, and whatever. Whereas I was told that the surgeons at the Royal Marsden would have, but I think it would have been really, really quite a lot to have done yeah. at the size that the cancer was. So she basically said, look, everything with you is about strategy. Mm -hmm. so it's all about the timings now like what we do when and you know we've really got to think about that because the whole point of surgery 
is like removing the thyroid, taking away some of the lymph nodes, is so that they can treat me with radioactive iodine. Now, if they right. don't remove the thyroid, the thyroid like guzzles it all up. Right, okay, so they, you can't, okay, I get that. So that's pretty much what it's about. So they do the surgery, then about a week in, week after surgery, I'm in isolation or solitary confinement, as I call it, for about three days, and they pump me with the radioactive iodine. Gosh. And it's funny, I was talking to my friend about it, and I was like, pre-COVID, I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, freaking out about it. That. I've got to spend three, three days. days on my own in a room. Like, yeah. Oh, my God. And yeah. now it's like, oh, everyone's oh, done that. Only three days. Oh, okay. And yeah. She was like, it's, a, it's basically a bit of a holiday. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's a silent, it's a silent retreat, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Not really. Oh, my but, God, yeah. that's such a nice way of looking at it. Yeah. When so is this, a, is this a possibility? So that I didn't realise that surgery was now. So surgery is now a possibility. Okay. Yeah, I mean, look, what they don't know is how will I respond to the radioactive iodine. Yeah. It may it may have an impact. It may not. Like, mm. and again, there's all of these sort of unknowns. What she wants me to do is have a chat with Prof Kim, the surgeon. Prof Kim. Prof Kim. Okay. Meet with him, or you know, have a chat with him, and just understand like what is involved in the surgery. Which I mm. think is really smart. Like I really yeah. like that she wants me to chat to him. Yeah, to know what's going on and exact. Yeah, and also be able to pick someone's brains and ask questions and yeah, understand in advance. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And do you have a do you have a timeline? Do you have any idea like when this might happen? So what I think they want to do is give me another couple of months on the entrecte. Okay. So do another scan probably in about eight weeks' time. And they expect to see a bit more shrinkage, I assume. Mm -hmm. That's why they're doing that. And then, so they have to take me off the entrectinib a couple of days before surgery, perform the surgery, like I said, a week later, put me through the radioactive iodine. If that's successful, they would repeat that sort of four to six months later. Okay. Yeah. So two, two, two surgery, two surgeries. No, no, no. No, More. no. Two. One two. surgery, two radioactive yeah. iodine. And, okay. and I don't know. Maybe they do that again. Maybe I have a few yeah. of those. I don't actually know. Um, I mean, it, yeah, it feels, it feels a bit sci-fi, you know. Yeah. Like that's why I've got to be in a room because obviously it's not great for other people to be around. Yeah. Well, not not great for you to be around other people. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'm going to keep you protected. And yeah. Like, so yeah. I'm not radiating. Yeah. Oh, is oh, is it? Is it because you're? Um, I thought it might mm. be because you don't want to compromise your immune system or anything, but it's because you are radi I'm you're radiating. I'm you're radioactive. radioactive. So when okay. I had the radioactive dye for the PET CT scans, I've had two of those. They say to you afterwards, oh, yes, don't, said, don't be don't around children and don't be around people. pregnant women because they don't know how it might affect them. Oh, I see what you mean. Sci-fi, like suit, like superhero. Like yeah, oh, you've that's got a, a lovely way of looking at it. Superhero. The superhero, we've got like a special superhero power, a bit like Superman with his um like well, he doesn't he doesn't have kryptonite in him, but it's a similar kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah. Wow. I asked quite good questions, and I said, "Oh, I hope I've asked like all the questions Dinch will have wanted me to ask." And she was like, "Well, we can chat again," because she basically said, "If the radioactive iodine is successful," she said, "That can be really impactful for years." I said, look, I know what, what I've been told about this, but I just have this feeling that, like, maybe it could all go. 
maybe it could. What do you think about that? I said, I just want to stay positive. She goes, good. Let's both be positive about that. And I just thought, I love that. She gets you. She gets. She gets you. She gets your outlook, and she gets. She gets the direction that you want to. You want you. She understands yeah, your outlook and your perspective, I went and I think that's feeling, so important. You know, really groggy at the beginning of the week. This backdrop. I've got cancer. Whatever the news is, you know, it's hard to find the happy in that. Then I wondered, will I ever get used to having cancer? You know, and it is still really early days for me. Like three months in or whatever, and then. I just, again, yeah. it's, it's like, it is that lesson in you just got to be with what you feel and just be okay with that, you know, and not always try and run away yeah. from that. And that was how I was feeling. But like, as the week went on, and maybe it was like Dinch's breakdown of what this means, you know, that compared to kind of looking at fuzzy pictures of my insides and chatting with, with Kate Newbold. Yeah. And I yeah. just suddenly thought like, maybe you know, again, spontaneous remission. Like, I know I've got natural killer cells. Come on, babies. Get out there. Yeah. Natural killer cells. Come so on, I babies. Know. I don't know, yeah. Get out there. I don't know. Yeah. It is an unknown because, I'm, you know, I'm not being told otherwise. Yeah. No, you're not being told otherwise. But that was funny. And also you've got different treatments to try that. as well. I don't know if I, I mentioned it to you before. I think I have. But he said, look, I have got, there are a couple of other drugs I've got up my sleeve. So, you know, we're not just kind of stopping at the mm. ontrectinib, like, I know of this and I know of that. And Dinch, Dinch said, um, so Professor Popat, these are the drugs that you have underneath your sleeve. Um, <laughs> I just started laughing. <laughs> like, I think the nurse in the room just thought, oh, God, she's like performing. She's like laughing at her husband, like, what? And he, I just love that, underneath your sleeve. Underneath your sleeve. Thank you, Dinch. Yeah, well, yeah, maybe we'll switch. Maybe that's what we'll switch to. Yeah, yeah. we'll alternate. We'll alternate. Something so, from Dinch yeah, and something from that's, you. That's how the week's played out. Gosh, just so much in there for you to kind of manage and deal with and take on board and everything from percentages of like how much the, well, I guess is it the cancer, the nodes have shrunk and, and looking ahead to, I don't know, yeah, the prospect of surgery. Yeah. And, yeah. radioactive iodine it's, it's all of that it's yeah. um still strange that it's me but it is yeah and i want to say like the acceptance doesn't have to come now or or, or ever you know like it yeah, is what it is. it is what that, it is and you're in it you know i talked about going to maggie's and and i wanted to go back this week and i messaged them and i said i'm a bit lightheaded and i'd like to come back for the exercise class but i'm not sure and and then on the day i thought you know what just just calm down. No, I didn't go. I just thought, just chill, just chill. Stop putting, doing stuff and pushing yourself. And like Maggie's is going to be there, you know. But I definitely feel that going to that place, being in that space with other people with cancer is is the kind of experience that helps with acceptance. And it's not, you know, again, if I don't accept, I don't accept. Like that's also yeah. okay. But Definitely, there's something about that I, I feel, and that's sort of part of why I want to go because, yeah, it's helping you keep the door open to it, to accepting it. Yeah, it's more footsteps towards it. Thank you, darling. Well, listen, loads of love, and um, see you. We'll speak next bye. week, darling. Mwah. Love you. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to this week's Talking with Cancer. Feel free to share the show or give us a review on Apple's podcast, Spotify, or Google. 
It could help other people find out about us and might help someone you don't know who's got questions about cancer. Please get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Either via our Instagram, which is talking underscore with cancer, or you can email us hello at talkingwithcancer.com. See you next time. Bye.